season two of the in the, uh, the uh, between the uprights NFL show. This is Justin Cox, and Cameron Kennedy, and we are great to have you back for what should be another great season. Uh, it's been a long time since we recorded the last uh, podcast with recap of the Super Bowl, but uh, great to be back on the air. So uh, today we're going to start with our conference previews. Today we're uh, previewing the NFC as well as going over some off-season storylines. And um, without further ado, let's get to it. I uh, got a lot to cover today. So first off, we had the Hall of Fame induction class for 2021. Officially got inducted and got to make their speeches. Among the nominees, you had Peyton Manning, uh, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Charles Woodson, Alan Fanica, Drew Pearson. Uh, what I thought was interesting was there were some great players from our generation are now getting in, which is weird. Like, I remember uh, Megatron playing at Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. So the best way I've heard this described is Megatron got drafted after Tom Brady, retired, and is in the Hall of Fame while Tom Brady's still playing. Yeah. Yeah. After Brady won, like, his third Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I still don't like that man. <laughs> uh, even though he's making strides to be a lot more likable since leaving Foxborough. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't care. I'll get into that hot take in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing about the class I wanted to point out was uh, Peyton Manning had an all-time speech. Uh, you could tell. Uh, that he had the charisma for Monday Night Football, which he's going to start uh, covering with Eli here for a few games for the next uh, few seasons. I thought it was interesting to see Tom Brady in the section as well. Do you have any thoughts on the Hall of Fame inductions? First of all, we all know you cried. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I agree with Megatron. I agree with, obviously, Peyton Manning deserves it. Five-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner. Even though his brother has the same amount, uh, Peyton earned it more. Did you see where Peyton's uh, induction process literally took 15 seconds? I thought you said 13. Not, now you're yeah. lying to me? Yeah, 13 seconds. Okay. 13 seconds. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, like two sentences. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, you, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, like anytime these names come up, it's very easy. Yes, they're in. Like, do we even need to bring their name up? Or is it just like, yeah. hey, they're in. You know who should have been it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there were a couple. Like, I get that times were different. But, like, Tom Flores was a quarterback. His best season, he threw 2,600 yards and 24 touchdowns. I mean, there again, times are different. You have to look at how that stacked up the leaders at that time. Yeah, true. It's just now you look at that and you're like, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> even the even the average like freaking Ryan Tannehill can do that. Yeah. And we all know I'm not a big fan of his, but freaking Gardner Minshew could probably do that. <laughs> Jameis Winston threw for five thousand and thirty. Also yeah. throwing thirty picks. But if somebody who's so focused on stealing crab legs can do it, hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning. Calvin Johnson, even Alan Fenico, who played 12 seasons and only had four holding calls against him. Yeah, you should make the Hall of Fame just for that. 
Yeah. The fact that you only got caught four times, and I know he did it a lot because they all do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To uh, quote Kirk Herbstreit, if referee really wanted to, they could probably call, call a holding call on every single play. So, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Now, next topic we have is uh, NFL's new COVID protocols. They still have daily testing, but vaccine, uh, vax players are getting a lot more lenient rules. And if a team has to forfeit due to a COVID outbreak, they lose the game. What are your thoughts? Personally, I like it. Okay, I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. Because, say you followed all the protocols, right? But yet, you still had a COVID outbreak somehow? Because it's mm-hmm. possible. At that point, that's when the NFL should step in and be like, hey... You submitted your, like, reports, like, we know you followed all the protocols. We should reschedule this game. But if it's solely because you didn't follow the protocols or somebody effed up somewhere, by all means, yes, they should lose the game because that's on them. But if you're following every protocol set by the NFL and you're following all the rules and yet it still happens, which is a possibility, reschedule the freaking game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. And from what I've heard... They, I think that if that is the case, they are going to try to reschedule games, but that remains to be seen. Okay. Like we just have, we just haven't had the opportunity to see it in practice. Yeah. Um, and, and this has led to it. And I'm, I'm with you. I like having the accountability put on the players and on the teams for everyone to have to follow the protocols. Like it, it just makes it fair. Um, now that said, it's also led to some fighting and some locker rooms. With Kirk Cousins and uh, Cole Beasley, to be honest, these people just need to shut up and get it. I mean, Beasley keeps shifting the goalpost, which, you know, at first it was like he'd only get it if he could receive part of the profit. And so Mark Cuban offered to buy him shares of Moderna and (laughs) refused to respond back. And, yeah, like, he's just an idiot. (laughs) I mean, I they both suck either way. So, Kirk Cousins, when you can actually perform on a Monday night football game, come talk to me. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Hey, do Mondays have you feeling blue? Call Kirk Cousins. He he does too. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we just make him the spokesperson for Viagra? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough Kirk Cousins jokes. <laughs> and, and I mean, he does he does look like a youth uh, youth pastor. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, the NFL is moving to a seventeen game schedule. Now, what uh, why do you think about this? Personally, I would have been hundred percent against it if I hadn't seen that there was going to be a bye week where the last week of the preseason normally is. So teams are getting one last bye before the regular season starts. Otherwise, I would have hated going to this. But I, I think it's going to have a massive effect on players because injuries will likely go up and snap, uh, snap counts will need to be limited in games. So I have mixed feelings on this one. Uh, I like the fact that the preseason shortened because the, the Stars don't play in those games anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But if you look at last season, right, how how much of a percentage did injuries go up? A lot. 
Yeah, the, last year was like a record year for injuries, and there yeah. was something that got decimated by like the Niners. Yeah, and it was like a lot of torn ACL, like a lot of like major injuries, not just small injuries. Mm-hmm. So if you look at this, I'm not for an extra regular season game right before the playoffs where you could lose like a star player like a Mostert or Barkley or Mahomes or whatever. Granted, mm-hmm. if you're in a good enough position, you wouldn't have to play your stars. But at the same time, it's like there's always that, oh, if we can get that number one seed or if we can get the home field advantage – you're going to play your stars because you want that. So I'm not for adding another game to risk your star player's health right before the playoffs. Yeah. And on I top of, now you cannot go 8-8 eight and, eight and be 500. Now you what? It's like 9-7? Nine 9-8? Nine 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 it's weird. Yeah. It's just... What they should have really done is cut the preseason down to two games. Added it up to 18 games. But done what they're doing with that bye week right before the season starts, and then add another bye week during the season. That's what, in my opinion, they really should have done. True. Or not. But yeah, so I, I'm like mixed about it. I prefer they didn't do it though, just because, you know, growing up, you've always seen 16 game seasons. All right, cool, playoff time. Now it's like, oh, wait, there's another one. And now if somebody gets hurt, I'm going to be pissed because the NFL just try to fuck everything up. And honestly, the uh, from a fantasy standpoint, this is time to make sure that your season ends in week 17, not week 18, because I can personally guarantee you there's going to be a lot of coaches doing everything they can to rest their stars in week 18. So <laughs> if you don't want to get screwed in the fantasy championship game, well, guess I what? highly recommend that you have your last week be week 17. Guess what? Now I'm not drafting Tim Tebow. <laughs> fucking Jacksonville we all know they should have cut Trevor Lawrence and made Tim Tebow quarterback I'm just saying oh my gosh did you see how bad the block was that he no, laid in the I, I agree like his blocking was shit he tried to like I don't know what the hell he do. he dropped and rolled I was like bro you're not doing shit like I don't understand what that was but okay <laughs> um, now I get it but still we all know I love Tebow it is what it is <laughs> try, try again next year. I don't know. Work on your blocking uh, something. Moving on, we're going to go to our, our uh, NFC preview now. We're going to go through each team, answer a few uh, main <laughs> questions from the offseason that we think are going to help determine how the season goes, and then uh, give our picks for division winners, wildcard teams, and uh, et cetera. So, uh, we're better to start than the defending Super Bowl champions. <laughs> the Bucks are returning all 22 starters. They're the first team since 1979 to win the Super Bowl and return all 22 starters. It's not going to matter. Doesn't yes. even matter. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you. Go ahead, but just it doesn't even matter. I'm going to be honest. I think they should have added some new blood in there. Yeah, and got rid of some uh, bad blood that wasn't necessarily bad last year, but it could be. Yeah. I, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I got them going 10-6. and six. I know they returned everybody. That's okay. But you have to look at This is going to be a really big year for Tom Brady. Expectations are, like, they're not even high. They're sky high after the success they had last year. They're as high as you are when you go on Call of Duty. 
<laughs> Don't tell the government, <laughs> man. Anyway, um, there's so many records he can break this year. I think the pressure is going to get to him a little bit. Plus, I think they're going to have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. That being said, I do have them going back to the NFC Championship game, but I will I will reveal later who I think wins it. I don't have them winning it. Personally, I I'm with you. I, I think they take a step back because of bringing so much back. That I, I think they should have added some new pieces in there. Um, I, I think that it this does breed complacency and. While I'm personally not worried about Tom Brady being able to get up for the moment, I'm worried about pretty much the rest of the team because I'll, there's no substitute for hunger. Right. There, there is no substitute for hunger. And so with removing that, all of a sudden you're, you got a problem there. Also, yeah, go ahead. Tom Brady. Dude's getting pretty old. When 44, starts, right? Yeah, when do you think he starts slowing down? Oh, this year. So here's my thing. He he wasn't bombing it last year. He's throwing like what he did with New England. They're throwing like methodical passes and they have receivers who can make make it go for longer. So he he's not really a oh I can throw the ball sixty yards down the field and torch you guy. No, he's we're gonna come at you and we're gonna come at you from different like short, medium. Maybe I can throw a thirty yard pass every now and then, but they kill you with the short and mid-range passes. So, cover that mid and short. Make him throw long. Trust me, he's going to make mistakes. And my hot take for this team is they go into New England in week four and they lose. I can I can legitimately see that happening because, um, I mean, if Peyton could lose in his first game back in Indianapolis, there's no reason Tom can't lose in his first game back in New England. Exactly, um, and you I, you know, there's a pissed off Bill Belichick like, oh, you left and were successful, made me look bad. I'm gonna throw everything I got at you. I mean, Brady Brady did look better last year than he did in 2019. But that being said, um, I do think he is still going to take a step back this year. I still think he's going to be pretty damn good. I just think he's going to take a step back. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but if you look at every time they won a Super Bowl in New England. Minus, you know, the early 2000s, the next year, they weren't shit. Yeah. Or they, they they either weren't shit, they heated up at the end and lost in, like, the first or second round in the playoffs. So, uh, finally, the over-under on uh, Bet365.com, which is where we get all, all of our betting odds from, is at 11 and a half wins. You say you're under? I'm under. I'm over. Moving on. We got the New Orleans Saints who find themselves in a quarterback battle as the field will replace Drew Brees between Jameis uh, Winston, a.k.a. Jameis Winton, a.k.a. Bubba Gump, and Jason Hill. Hey, he's in the uh, perfect place if he wants to be Bubba Gump, New Orleans. It's nothing but season. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think wins the job? Honestly, right now, and you might hate me for this, I think Jameis Winston wins it. He wins it at first. He starts to struggle. They put in Taysom Hill. He starts to struggle. Guess what? Ian Book, you're up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's happening. I don't trust either one of James. I don't trust Jameis, and I don't trust Taysom. Taysom, if you look at what he did last year, they ran the ball 99% of the game, and when he did have to throw the ball, they didn't look so hot. You have Jameis, who 
Even in preseason. Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw a touchdown. Oh, wait, here's a pick to follow. Dude, come on. We're not doing this 30 for 30 shit again. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to throw a touchdown without coming out and throwing a pick the next drive. Like, And now that Michael Thomas is hurt, I just – I think he, his career is declining. He's not going to have Drew Brees to throw to him anymore. I give it five weeks into the season before rumors start coming out that he wants to trade. Yeah, personally – um, I, I like the outlook better both in fantasy and in reality of Jameis' starter. I mean, he gets memed a lot, but I think he's actually a good quarterback. And ironically enough, the first thing that he did when he came to New Orleans was he got LASIK surgery, which I thought was pretty funny. It didn't help. Uh, and you can always bring in Taysom for packages. Now, that said, you mentioned the Michael Thomas injury. He could have had ankle surgery back in January, but he waited until June and is now looking to miss at least a month plus. Oh, he did it on purpose, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. He don't oh, yeah. want to play without Drew Brees. And he's been fighting with the Saints front office for a while. This this situation has the potential to be an absolute dumpster fire with Thomas. That it's a, said. It's all right. The, uh, the Chiefs will take him. That said, their over-under is eight and a half wins. <laughs> you have a over-under. I have them under. I have them at seven and ten. You have I to have look... You have to look at the division they're in, though. They have to play the Bucks twice. They have to play the Panthers twice, which eh, they could win that. They could. If CMC stays healthy, I don't see them winning both. And then the, you have to play the Falcons, who say what you want about Matt Ryan. Their offense is good. They just got to figure their defense out. Personally, I got the Saints over, but by half a game. I think they're 9-8. and eight. Okay. Well, um, I think it all depends on who wins this quarterback battle. <laughs> Moving on to the Panthers, they managed to trade for Sam Darnold in the offseason. Stupid! Now, personally, I like Darnold's upside. Uh, He's free from the Adam Gase system, which I think is going to provide a major boost because every star gets a boost when they leave the Adam Gase system. What about you? So here's my thing. I think he spent too much time in New York. I think it's going to be hard to get away from that. And in my opinion, yes, I know Bridgewater had injury history and concerns, but he's still better than Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. In my opinion, he's better. I think if CMC can stay healthy this year, which I doubt because they're going to rely so much on him that I think he's going to have injury problems again. I hope he doesn't, but I just feel like they're asking way too much of him. Honestly, if I were them, do not put him on punt return this year. Let somebody else do it. You need to like, you need to take a huge, a huge like, notch down of how much you're, you're you're asking him to do. If he can stay healthy, I have them going six and eleven. If not, I'd say three and fourteen at best. So for me, I I like Darnold's upside as I said. I do think he's going to be better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Given, I mean, look how bad Ron Tannehill looked in Miami. And then he went to Tennessee, and he's literally a top-five quarterback in fantasy. A lot of people look bad in Miami, though. Yeah, and who was it behind? Adam Gase. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Matt Rule's in the second season as head coach, and he's a strong culture builder from the college ranks. He made the team far better last year than I personally expected. How many games did he win last year? I think there were 5-11. and 11, But I was expecting us to be, like, potentially number one pick territory. Oh, I thought you. I thought the Panthers were going like two and fourteen last year. Yeah, same. So for us to actually be five and eleven, and most of or several of our losses to be like in the final minute of the games, I thought that was a pretty good sign for his coaching ability. 
So for me on that uh, on the over under of seven and a half wins, I'm going to go over, but I'm still going to put in the eight and nine. Okay, that's a little optimistic, but okay. Rounding out the uh, NFC South, we have the Atlanta Falcons, aka the Atlanta Chokers. Um, they're bringing in Arthur Smith as their new head coach. Uh, despite the generic name, he's a former Titans offense coordinator and the son of the founder of FedEx. Uh, he had a power run game, but is known mostly for his efficiency. Uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense given that FedEx is all about logistics. But uh, <laughs> uh, personally, I I like this hire a lot. I like it, but I feel like they should have hired because their offense wasn't the problem last year. It was the fact that their defense couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. I feel like you should have hired a defensive coach as your head coach because that's where the problem is right now. You're, it's not like your offense wasn't scoring. So I, feel I like, agree. I think flipping uh, Robert Sala and Arthur Smith would have made the most sense. Yeah. So that being said, though, I look back at the draft this year, right? We mm-hmm. all know I'm a huge Florida Gators fan. I love Kyle Pitts. Happy that he became the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. However, Matt Ryan is aging. Matt Ryan's not going to be there forever. I would have used that number one pick when there were still good quarterbacks up, like Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I wouldn't have taken Mac Jones. I'm just saying I would have drafted a quarterback. I would have sat Matt Ryan down and been like, hey, we're not saying we're done with you, but we know like you're getting up there in age. We need to start like training your replacement. So, mm-hmm. Which is what the Packers should have done when they took love and when they traded up. They should have sat down with Aaron Rodgers and be like, we're not trying to like – Cuck you. We're not trying to be like, hey, you're done, but this is what we want to do. And I guarantee you, had they sat him down ahead of time and talked him, talked it out with him, he would not have been as pissed off as when nobody else knew either that, oh, we're going to trade up to the first round and then draft a quarterback. And he's like, okay, cool. I guess I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and with Pitts, I mean, he's basically a unicorn, and people are saying he's the best tight end ever scouted. That said, though, Literally all of NFL history works against rookie NFL tight ends. And I, it could take him a minute to adjust to the NFL. I do think the kid is truly special. I just think it might take a year to firm develop. And why the hell was he not playing in preseason game one? And, and meanwhile, they also trade out Julio Jones. But personally, Stupid. I don't like that move. Stupid. I don't think it makes sense because Julio is still a productive player. At the same time, though, they weren't even utilizing him to his full capability. Yeah. So it's like... Okay, my star wants out. We have an up and coming, rising like rookie tight end that we think is going to be amazing. Why not ship him out? So hey, when his rookie contract's up, we have all the money in the world to pay him. But at the same time, you can't expect him to be a receiver. It worked in college. That's not going to work in the NFL. These cornerbacks and safeties are fast as fuck, and I don't care. Oh yeah, he ran a four four forty in the in the combine. Guess what? That wasn't with somebody covering him. Yeah. So, so, the over-under, seven and a half wins. First one, I'm going under. What say you? Uh, I'm going over. I have them at eight and nine. Okay. Moving on to the NFC East. We got no, say it right. Cowboys. Say it right. <laughs> it is the NFC least, man. <laughs> As in, least valuable conference in all of football. We got the Cowboys. We're going to start off with, because uh, where else do you start with the NFC East? Uh, Dak Prescott is returning from a gruesome leg injury that he suffered midway through the season last year. He was on pace to break Peyton's passing record. And while I don't think he'll do that this year, I do think that the kids, I mean, he, he's looking really good. 
Okay. So I agree. I think Dak coming back is going to be huge. I think he's going to be hungrier than ever because I honestly think they thought they were going to the Super Bowl last year. Stupid. Mm-hmm. All you Cowboys fans that are coming out saying Super Bowl this year, we're going to win. Shut up because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, your defense sucked last year, and the, the offensive the offensive performance I saw with just, with just the absence of Dak was humiliating. Zeke didn't show up. Receivers were dropping stuff, weren't making routes right, weren't catching shit. Your offense could not score. Like, period. It was terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I want to see how Zeke bounces back. I want to see how Dak bounces back. And honestly, I want to see how this defense bounces back. I yeah, have them going 10-7. and seven. I think 12-4 and four at best if they can get on the same page and get that defense straight. But... I'm I'm gonna stay at ten and seven for my prediction. I think okay. they make a playoff run, but they're gonna lose in the second round. Mentioning that defense, we talked a lot about last season about how historically bad Mike Nolan was last year. Dan Quinn's now coming in. He's a good defense coordinator who created the Legion of Boom. Even if they aren't a top defense, they should still improve from last year, which was just incredibly epically bad. Uh, the over under is nine and a half wins. You got them over, and I got them over confidently. Okay. Moving on to who won the NFC least last year, we got the Washington football team who still can't come up with a team nickname. Uh, oh, it's supposed saying, to be coming, they're though. Saying, they're saying the new name could come after the season, but why do you think it could be? I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm mad that they released Alex Smith. I get it. But at the same time, that was a great comeback story, and I think it could have only got better if you gave him like, one more year to show, like, hey, I can still do this. Yeah. But it that is what it is. Huh? That said, though, Fitzpatrick should stretch the field and provide decent play because, I mean, as great of a story as Alex Smith was, he actually didn't look that good on the field. Okay, I get Fitz magic, right? But here's the th- I, I just feel bad for him because he's going to be in the same scenario he was in at Miami. He's going to – they're going to start winning. He's going to think it's their team. And then guess what? The minute they can get a younger or better quarterback in, he's out. Mm-hmm. It's the same story yeah. everywhere he goes. Like, even if you look at him, he has a couple good games a season, and then he just disappears. Even when he was at Tampa Bay, throwing up like what four or five hundred yard games, and then yep. So, so they, yeah. that being said, I have them at seven and ten, but that's solely because their defense is so good. I think their defense can keep them in a, like at least seven to eight games, and that the offense can find a way to not screw up enough to actually win that game. So the over-under is eight and a half. You've got them under. I've got them over by half a game. Okay. I think they're nine, nine and eight, but I'm with you. It's purely because of that defense. Oh, Chase Young's going to be a monster. Watch out. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, moving on, got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is now officially in at quarterback. Uh, do you like him? How do you think it affects skill position players? Okay, I like him because it opens up their running game so much because you have to worry about him running – you have to worry about they have a a barrage of running backs that can make plays, and you don't know which one's going to go off on any given Sunday. And Devontae Smith is fast, which means now they can try to get something going on down the field. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hurts is nowhere near as good a pure passer as Wentz, so receivers will take a hit. That being said, though, he's a much better runner. So yes. look for a Lamar Jackson-esque system, in my opinion. Right. With Devontae Smith – 
mean, he's a wide Heisman winning wide receiver, which is just incredible. But he has a small frame. I think that I think that he's going to be really good personally, as long as he can stay healthy. That is the key. Can he stay healthy for a full seventeen game season? Right. And leading the unit this year, we got Nick Sirianni as the new head coach. Gets pretty awkward. He he uh, he's a former Colts offense coordinator in his uh, press conferences. And I'm not sure about his game planning, so I'm not a fan of the hire. Mm, true. I mean, it could go either way, but my big thing with them is their defense. They were ranked 20th in the league last year in defense. They allowed over 400 points scored against them, and people were just lighting them up all year. So unless they can fix the defense, I don't care how good your offense is, you're going to have to outscore people. And you get up against teams like the Cowboys, you're not going to outscore. You're not going to outscore the Ravens. Like It doesn't matter who you're playing. There's a lot of teams you cannot outscore. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have them going eight and nine. That's optimistic. That's just optimistic based off. I think they can have a good offense. They're over under a six and a half wins. I've got the under personally. Talent can't make up for coaching, and I'm not hurt. That fan feeling hurts to begin with. So I've got them under. I think they're five and 11, five and twelve territory. Um. Finally, rounding out the division, you got the New York G-Men, the Giants, who are apparently already brawling at practice because in the practice just last week, the benches cleared and Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of the pile. Joe Judge was not happy. Do you see some uh, worries from the men in blue? I mean, I always see worries for the men in blue. They're not that good. Daniel Jones is an okay quarterback. I'll say okay. He played at Duke. They didn't really win anything there. He, he's shown promise, promising moments in the NFL. I think they rely too much on the run game. Saquon Barkley's coming off ACL injury. You don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, They have a couple good receivers. They just drafted Kadarius, Tony, but I don't see it meshing. Their defense steps up sometimes, but not other times. I don't think they're consistent. I have them yeah, going 6-11, 5-12, 5-12. Five, five and 12, five and 12. I'm with you. Uh, the big question is when Saquon is going to come back. It looks like it could be week one, potentially. But even if it's not week one when he gets healthy, if he's full go in the first month, that provides a huge boost for this offense because he's immensely talented. Now, the big question is, can Daniel Jones secure an extension? He's been a bad quarterback to this point, but he has his most talented supporting cast to date around him with the additions of Galladay and uh, Kadarius Free. That said, I'm with you. I have the under on six and a half wins. I'm I'm not high on this team. They're just kind of garbage. Um, moving on to the NFC North, where better to start things with this division than the Packers, who are centered around the Aaron Rodgers drama, who Rodgers started feuding with the team on draft day, possibly revenge for starting Jordan Love last year. And then he went on to host Jeopardy, acting like he was going to hold out. The team reworked his contract. He can leave after this season. And they recruited Randall Cobb back. But in my opinion, I think it's mostly posture. But still fun. So here's my thing. This whole thing is a dumpster fire. First of all, he's cucking them because he literally got them to agree to take a year off of his contract, pay him the same amount of money, and then he can choose wherever the hell he wants to go. Not only that, but you went on national television and trashed your team for 20 minutes. And that's the guy you want to put as starting quarterback? That's the guy you want to be like, oh, yeah, that's our leader. That was just 
trashing you on national television for 20 straight minutes. Yeah. That being said, apparently he came out to say, oh, I don't want a farewell tour this year because I don't know what's going to happen after the season. So now apparently maybe he'll go back, maybe not. I think he's gone regardless. I just don't think oh, I do too. Attention. I think this is the last dance for him yeah. and for Devontae Adams to bring back. That being said, I do have them going back to the NFC Championship. I do have them winning it this year just because it's his last season in Green Bay. I think he's finally going to get it done again, which is going to make it harder for him to leave. But again, he's still going to leave. Yeah, the big question isn't in the regular season. It's in the postseason. How they rebound from the choke choke job against the Bucks at home last year. Fortunately, it's still the same crew in the regular season. Uh, I just worry about that postseason ability under Matt Fleur. The over-under is 10.5 wins. I got the over by a massive margin. I think they might be the one seed. Yeah, I think I have them going, I'll say 13-4 and four at best. Uh, moving on to the biggest dumpster fire right now um, in terms of locker room culture, got the Minnesota Vikings where head coach Mike Zimmer is facing off openly in public with Kirk Cousins on vaccinations. Kirk is refusing. Zimmer keeps roasting him and other players on accountability. Uh, I think this is going to completely destroy the locker room. Why about you? Destroy what What locker room? They already suck. <laughs> How good can that locker room be? I'm sorry, but... They're way overpaying for Kirk Cousins. They just need to cut ties and start over. You got rid of your best receiver last year in Stephon Diggs. Yes, you have Justin Jefferson, but can he keep that up? Like, you know how many uh, receivers, rookie receivers come out and have great years, and then afterwards they're not shit? Yeah. Could he be another one of those? Who knows? The big question, too, from the fantasy standpoint – do you think Dalvin Cook could be a, uh, be the number one running back in fantasy? I don't think so. No, I, I have him at three, but I do think he has a talent. I think he's top eight at best. I mean, yeah, well, he might be able he might be able to crack into that top five because we don't know how Alvin Kamara is going to be utilized this year due to the quarterback change. So, who knows? But no, like I have Aaron Jones ahead of Dalvin Cook. Ooh, that's a hot take. Yep. So over or under eight and a half wins. I got the under. I have under. I have them going five and twelve. Moving to your local team, got the Chicago Bears, who have a have a new quarterback with uh, Justin Fields, and then with Andy Dalton as a uh, backup slash week one starter, because Trubisky is now long gone. That he's backing up Daniel Jones, which I think says everything. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's, he's backing up Josh Allen. Okay. He's a backup quarterback. Yeah, for the Bills. I thought he was playing for the Giants. No, he got signed by the Bills. Okay. Yep, you're right. Okay, so here's my thing. Andy Dalton said, oh, I'm excited for the future. Justin Fields is going to have a great career, but this is my time. And I love somebody commented, you're like, oh, yeah, till like week two. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Fields looked damn good. He was 14 for 20 in his first preseason yeah. game. He lost his running ability. Yeah, with touch with a throwing touchdown and a running touchdown. My thing is though, the only thing I have about him is I hope he doesn't seize up on the field with all the lights. Yeah. That being said, I do think they're gonna stick with Dalton for two to three weeks. Let him, you know, I think they're too afraid of repeating with 
what happened with Trubisky and throwing him in there too soon. Mm-hmm. That that's going to cause them to delay it a little bit longer than they should. However, Dalton, shut up! You're not even good. You had a great offense in freaking Dallas last year, and you didn't do shit with them. Yeah, you couldn't do shit. This is a a less talented offense. Yes, it's a better defense, but it's a way less talented offense. You're going to tell me you're going to go out there and do shit with that? Nah. I have them going. If they start Fields at before halfway through the season, I have them winning seven games. If they don't, I have them winning five. And, and so, if that happens, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are gone because I think it the it all depends on if the over under number for this year for them, which is seven and a half, goes over or under. If they if they go under, those guys are on. If they're gone, uh, they're gone. If they go over, they're going to stay. Personally, I've got the over purely because I'm so high on Justin Fields. Yeah, I think if, if he they starts start him. two, they make the playoffs. That's if they start him. Yeah. If they start him, I think they're a playoff team, legitimately. They could be. And that's the point, though. It's just you don't know if they're going to start him and how scared they are of repeating the Trubisky mistake and putting him in there too soon. Yeah. Rounding out the division, we got the Lions who decided to replace Matthew Stafford with Jared Goff. R.I.P. Downgrade. R.I.P. Uh, it'll help with the tank job, though. Um, and then also, we got we got to just discuss Dan Campbell for a second, just as a person. Okay, from his first press conference, he said this quote: "This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised." And I could sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, hey, we're going to win this weekend. None of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You enough, you know, or you heard enough of that shit. Excuse my language. Here's what I do know: this team is going to take on the identity of this city, and this city's been down and found a way to get back up. It's found a way to overcome adversity, right? So this team is going to be built on. We're going to kick you in the teeth, right? And we're and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And then we're going to stand up, and it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take off your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before long, we're going to be the last one standing. That's going to be the mentality. Now, seeing his Starbucks routine, which he admitted was two venti Pikes Peak roasts with double shots of espresso every morning at Starbucks, no wonder the dude's insane. The question is, can he be an actual coach? Uh, I doubt it. And it- that would be like the last place I'd ever want to take a coaching job. That's just a dumpster fire of an organization. Yes, I understand you got a lot of picks for for sending Stafford away. You really think golf's the answer? I'm sorry. Did you not watch how he played in L.A.? He's not good. And that's why they couldn't get over the hump. That offense was god-awful in the Super Bowl. That was probably Tom Brady's easiest freaking win. He could literally just relax until the final drive. It's like, all right, let's go win it now. Yeah, I mean, when he was the interim with the Finns, they started red hot. They fell off quick. I expect the same here. The over-under is five and a half wins. I've got the under. I, I'd be, they'd be lucky if they win three. Moving to the last division, which is probably the most competitive, 
Uh, we got the NFC West. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Rams, who are on the other side of that coin, who finally got rid of Jared Goff and added Matthew Stafford, a major upgrade quarterback, oh, to help open up the air raid attack. But unfortunately, the team did lose Cam Avery, which is a big loss. So how do you look at this team's offense and their identity going into the season? How long is he out for, the whole year? Yeah, 20 ACL. Daryl Henderson is going to be the replacement. Oof. I'd be calling some free agents. I'm just saying. Um, I think they could make it work. I don't see them until they get Acres back next year. I don't see them making a deep run in the playoffs. They'll still make it. I think it all depends mm-hmm. on what certain organizations do quarterback wise. But you're right. Stafford's a huge upgrade. I hate him because he went to Georgia, but at the same time, he's a great NFL quarterback. It's his time to actually have a chance to win and stop being with such a crap organization. I have them going 9-8. and eight. Yeah, personally, I'm worried about how two-dimensional the team can be. I mean, Stafford can work in kind of a Peyton Manning-esque offense where it's just pass, 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 pass but that still limits the upside of this team overall. The uh, the over-under is 10.5 wins. I've got the over by a hair. Moving up to the uh, to the team up in the Northwest, we've got the Seattle Seahawks, who their main question is, will they let Russ cook? They did at the start of the season last year and then pulled back in the reins, and um, I'm still worried about taking Russ in fantasy because of how things can slow down at the end of the season. My thing with them is quit wasting that man's prime. If you're not going to fix your defense, if you're not going to let him cook, if you're not going to address the offensive line issues, let him go. Let him go win more rings because all you're doing is holding him back at this point. If you're going to if you want him to be on pace to break records, let him keep going on at that pace. When you were letting him throw last year, it was working. 5, 6 touchdowns a game. Let him go. Let him do it. You have the receivers. You have the. You have a run game too. So like, throw in RPOs to throw it off a little bit. So not everybody expects oh pass 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 pass. Mhm. You have yeah. the potential to go fourteen and two, fifteen and one. Is it gonna happen? No, because the coaches are gonna find a way to screw it up, or they're gonna try to slow down and be like, okay, let's save some energy for the playoffs. No, go into the playoffs red hot. Going to the playoffs with teams fearing you, so you have that, you already have that advantage with the mind games over them. Like, hey, uh, we don't know how we're going to stop this, but we're going to give it our best shot. Yeah, I think the other question, too, is can the defense rebound? I think they can as they start to improve at the end of last season. And they do bring back a lot of important pieces. They did extend Jamal Adams, which, uh, I mean, everything says he's a great safety, but, you know, he's not really a good ball hawk. But, they, I think that this defense should improve. They showed it towards the end of last season. So their over-under is nine and a half wins. I'm going over by here. He's a good safety, but at the same time, he's a good run defense safety. He's not a good passing coverage guy. He actually only has two interceptions in his entire career. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul's got Huh? Jason Pierre-Paul's got four. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. There's linemen, <laughs> multiple linemen who have more interceptions than he does. The 
finally, we've got the San Francisco 49ers, where everything stares on the quarterback battle between Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Give it to Lance. Yeah, personally, I love Lance. I think he's the next Donovan McNabb. Only problem is he's only completed 20 passes in 528 days, and he played North Dakota State before that, so he has to develop a bit. While Jimmy G is still a conference-winning quarterback, and I don't think he'll lose that starting job easily. Okay, I, I'm going to say I think he wins it this year, but I think by the, halfway through the season, Trey Lance takes over. Yeah. But yep. I have them going – I have them 10-7. and 10-7. The other thing is how far can the team bounce back from injuries? I think we should see some positive regression given how many players were out last season. There's injury prone and then there's missing half your starting lineup or more for most of the season. Uh, and um, lastly, I've got him under by half a game myself because Jimmy G and Lance White is incredible upside. Might not be 100% ready this year, but I think we also have to discuss the Richard Sherman situation. Sherman was released after two separate incidents that kind of broke at the same time. One of domestic violence and one of a DUI hit and run he was involved in. It's a really sad situation. I thought he was a super smart guy with being a Stanford grad and his work with the NFLPA, but clearly this shows he has his issues. Yeah, it could be, it could be head-related injuries. Finally, the last team in the NFC West we got is the Arizona Cardinals, where the big question is, can Cliff Kingsbury go over 500? He's coached Mahomes, Baker, and Kyler. Never gotten better than 8-4. Um, <laughs> I think he's... Strong offensive coordinator, but he's a bad leader. You can't be a CFO, a chief figure out officer. What do you think? So my big concern with them is, is DeAndre Hopkins going to be able to play? Because he's like such a big advocate for, I'm not getting the vaccine. So there's Mm -hmm. a big like, oh, if he like, I don't know about the whole NFL regulations. Like if they're allowed to play, if they don't have a vaccine, but like the Oakland Raiders came out and, Fans aren't even allowed in unless they have the vaccine. So how could you say, oh, fans can come in without, fans can't come in without vaccines, but players can. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, how are they going to handle that? Is he going to be able to play? Because yes, Larry Fitzgerald is a good wide receiver, but he's old and he's slow. I'm sorry. I don't know you have Cameron Kirk. Okay, cool. But... My big concern with them last year was defense. Again, offense was red hot some days, but again, they weren't consistent. If they can consistently get their offense going and their defense can step up when it counts, I think they'll be able to make it. For this year, though, I have them going 9-8. and eight. I've got them going 8-9, and nine, flip side of that coin. Uh, the other thing I wonder about is can J.J. Watt make an impact? Got added in the offseason. I think he's a bit past his prime, personally, but I think he's going to still be productive in small bills. He's just not what he was. But, um, yeah, I've got him going under by a hair. So, finally, we're going to give our playoff picks, our division winners, our wildcard teams, and who wins the conference. So, I'm going to list or give out the division, then have you answer, and then I'm going to answer. Okay. All right? Okay. So, First off, we got the NFC North. I got Green Bay, and I got them as the one seed. I agree. In South, we got Tampa. I've got Tampa, and I have them as the two seed. Agreed. 
In the East, I have Dallas, and I have them as a three seed. Agreed, but they might be a four seed. Okay. In the West, I've got the Rams, but I got them as a four seed due to their schedule. Okay. I, what about you? I, I agree with the Rams. However, if the 49ers start Trey Lance, I feel like they could take that the, the division. My wild cards, I have the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Bears. Seahawks, Niners, Bears. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the Seahawks could make make it to like that three seed. It all depends on how the defense performs. Agreed. Finally, conference winner, I got the Packers. Like in the championship? I got the Packers being the conference, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's why I said I, I think that's going to happen too. Uh, I think they beat – they're going to try to finally get that revenge, and I think they win by like eight points. I think they win the rematch of the Ice Bowl and beat Dallas. Oh, you think it's – you think it's Dallas, Green Bay? Low-key, getting everyone back in the complacency with the Bucks. I think Dallas could do it. Mm, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. We've greatly enjoyed being back on the air. I'm Dustin Cox. I'm Cameron Kennedy. And fuck Jacksonville. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we are the Black Rice NFL show.